What's going on, Alex? How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Fine. So uh, today, welcome to another episode of the Dodgers, Lakers, Patriots, and Rams podcast. I'm your host, Laura Antonio. Today, we are going to talk about the 2019 season preview for our MLB segment, the Dodgers and the Mets, as well as the championship game recaps of the AFC and NFC title games for the NFL and preview Super Bowl 53 and the Pro Bowl coming up as well. So first off, Let's start off and kick off our episode today with an MLB segment, and let's kick off the 2019 All-30 MLB preview that begins today. And that begins with the Dodgers and the New York, between my Dodgers and your New York Mets. But let's start off with the biggest news of the day for the Dodgers yesterday as they signed A.J. Pollock to a four-year deal, a four-year deal that includes an opt-out clause after a third year. And can you give me your insights on what you think, what, what the, made the Dodgers decide to go after AJ Pollock, and why was this signing right for them? I think I, I think Pollock was a good signing for for them because I think it just it gives them a little bit more depth on that on that outfield. I think after trading Yasio Puig to um, Cincinnati, I think they just found that they needed a little more outfield depth with Hernandez and Peter. Sin and just needing another um, veteran to help them out, but I think Pollock, though all around, he is going to be a a great addition though to your Dodgers outfield. I I really was surprised about about the deal at first, but then when I was just looking at their roster, I was going like, you know what, that's just going to be a great veteran add to a very young outfield still. Yeah, I mean, he's very experienced. He's still one of the best center fielders in the game, and. Um... By looking at this, the Dodgers, I felt like, made the right move, but I hope they didn't risk this move because, you know, A.J. Pollock is known to be injury-prone and the Dodgers needed another right-handed bat in their lineup, but I thought the Dodgers wouldn't get another right-handed bat and put Chris Taylor starting in left and Kike at second. But now, my depth chart has changed for the Dodgers and what I think it's going to look like. I have Cody Ballinger now starting in left. We'll get We'll predict the 25-man man rosters for the Dodgers and Mets and the opening day lineups for the Dodgers and Mets in just a, in, a, in just a few moments right here. So that's what we wanted to start off the, the MLB segment was the Dodgers signing AJ Pollock. But even a lot of people think here, Alex, is the Dodgers are still in in trading for JT Real Muto. And I don't see the Dodgers trading JT Real Muto. I see him staying with the Marlins until the asking price for him gets decreased. Absolutely. I just, you know, I was looking at an article yesterday about the Dodgers still just kind of in those sweepstakes. And I, I just don't think you need to go on to that after you sign um, Russell Martin to his contract. And then you also have those young guys behind him as well, Austin Barnes. And you also have to just really understand, you know, just, you know, by the money that you probably spend for A.J. Pollock right now you wonder like that's going to be the thing of them saying, you know what, we're not going to gamble any more big price free agents right now. We're going to stick with the guys we have and we'll figure out who will make the starting lineup during spring training. You are absolutely right, Alex. And uh, I think the Dodgers are pretty much set with what they have and they're going to go with what they have to begin the season. And if they need to address other needs, they can also do so at the trade deadline, but also for the Dodgers, um, 
let's talk about the dumbest offseason move for the Dodgers this year, this this offseason, and if it's going to bite them in the butt in the 2019 season. So I think it's trading Yasiel Puig is the dumbest I, move that the Dodgers made. I, I, I'm in agreement with you on, on that right there. Just uh, I, th- I, I just think in that Reds trade that they did, I almost just was kind of thinking, you know, maybe they traded one too many players, you know, because when you also had Alex Wood in that same contract as well with Puig, I just was just kind of thinking, you know, could they have maybe – kept one of those guys and just let the other one go for for me I just I just think you know either Puig or Wood would have been just probably those one guys to keep for for me I probably would have you know left Puig to go to Cincinnati with Wood though I would have you know stayed him with the Dodgers to really just strengthen their their pitching core a little bit more I mean, you know, it was the dumbest move that the Dodgers made to trade Yasiel Puig, and I think the Dodgers heading into the 2019 season, I think they're still going to be a great team in good hands. And um, I think with the Dodgers, I mean, look, the Dodgers are have the deepest roster out there out of any team I've seen. This is the deepest I've seen. But adding A.J. Pollock to that mix makes things – a lot interesting for this Dodgers team coming into the 2019 season. And I think the Dodgers are going to be the best team in baseball this year. So just watch out for the Dodgers. Absolutely. Come, come mm-hmm. opening day. And now let's predict the 25-man rosters for the Dodgers. As I'll pull it up on my screen here in just a moment. I changed my mind on a few things on what I think the Dodgers' 25-man rosters will look like. Um is because with the addition to um, with the addition of AJ Pollock. So right now on my pitching depth, I still have the have it the same exact, but I made one change. Is because I have the rotation with Kershaw, Bueller, Ryu, Hill, and Maeda as as my starting five for the rotation and for the bullpen. I like Caleb Ferguson, but he w- we didn't use him in the World Series. But I think. He probably will start the – he'll most likely start the year in AAA with Julio Arias. And then Brock Stewart, Yumi Garcia, and JT Chagua will get out right into AAA. So the bullpen for the Dodgers will be Ross Stripling, Tony Sangrani, Scott Alexander, Pedro Baez. A healthy Josh Fields will make this bullpen look nasty and dangerous. With Dylan Floro, Joe Kelly as the setup man to Kenley Jansen. As my yeah, pitching I, Yeah, I got about – this the the same list that that you have here. I think I I think what was really impressive for for me to see as well, you know, especially in the postseason that postseason last year is how well Bueller pitched for um the Dodgers, and I I really think he is going to be a great find for for them. You know, just the starting pitching core is really gonna um is really gonna be strong for for you, for you guys again this year. But then, like you said, on the back end of your bullpen you know you got Josh Fields and um, Jansen as well you'll probably have those guys almost go back to back like my Mets will have with uh, Edwin Diaz and Jerry Familia I just think you know the Dodgers pitching staff they are loaded with with talent coming into this season yeah for sure and I think Dylan Floro is going to be a good back end piece of the bullpen and and I think this Dodger bullpen will be better than it was last season because in the in the postseason they really struggled and I think this Dodger bullpen could be a good pen in the postseason 
as long as they can stay healthy and if they uh, if they find ways to keep do- the Dodgers in games when they are trailing. And Ross Stripling, I think, shouldn't be in the rotation to begin the year. I see him as a long reliever for the Dodgers, and I think I think this Dodgers pitching staff is going to be the best in the league this year. Absolutely, I absolutely kind of like what you said with Stripling as well. You know, it's for it's fortunate for for you to have just almost those those guys that you can keep in the bullpen and just kind of plug in almost as spot starters. And you know, I mean, Stripling could handle that role, I think, pretty well for for your Dodgers come come the season. And now, now I predicted the pitching depth. I predicted an eight man bullpen and a five man pitching staff for the pitching depth. I'm moving on to the position players, and I still have it as a four-man bench and a 12-position player depth. So, for the catchers, um, I have Russell Martin as the primary guy and Austin Barnes as the secondary guy because I expect both those guys to split the duties and share the playing time behind the dish this year because I don't expect Russell Martin to start over 120 games this year because he's older in his late in his mid to late thirties, almost. I mean, he's already 35 soon to be 36. So don't expect Russell Martin to start all, all 162 games. He's not going to start over 120 games. If you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I, I really think, cause like, I remember you were talking about it and just how, how Russell Martin's going to just add that veteran presence to, to that catching core. And, you know, Austin Barnes, you know, I think he, I, I would not like see like, those two splitting the things, but I think in the end, I think Austin Barnes, I think for my opinion, is going to play more games than, than Russell Martin would, but maybe, but maybe they have a different change in plan. You know, maybe they want Russell Martin to carry more of the low, but I just think you, you have to give the young guy more experience before you really just put the veteran in for, for the most, for most of the time. Absolutely. And I think the team expects the young catching prospects like we talked about in previous episodes, Kieber Ruiz and Will Smith. I love those catching prospects of the Dodgers. I believe they're both going to be great players for the Dodgers in the near future. But adding Russell Martin is the bridge to Kieber Ruiz and Will Smith. And I think Kieber Ruiz spent last year in AAA, which I found out. And Kieber Ruiz expects to start the 2019 season in AAA OKC. Because so that he can get more minor league experience before coming up to the bigs, but expect Will Smith and Kieber Ruiz to debut at some point during the 2019 season or 2020. But Smith and Ruiz, I meant Russell Martin, is that bridge for Smith and Ruiz. Absolutely, you know, you just you you want to get those young prospects up, you know, when 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 it's time to really bring them up, but you know. You know, with Russell Martin and Austin Barnes, they should be a, a nice duo at, at catcher before they start bringing up those young prospects around midseason. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's a long season and anything can go. The Dodgers might deal with injuries. We never know when they're going to go in the DL and all that. But now let's move on to the position players, infielders, starters that I predict will be the starting infield group. I originally had Kike Hernandez at second base, but with we'll- I changed my mind on that. So I have at first base is Max Muncie. At second base is Chris Taylor. Corey Seager starts at shortstop and Justin Turner's at third. Agreeing with, uh, agree with you on, on that as well. I have the same guys on uh, um, my infield as, as well. 
All right. And then the reserve infielders will be Kike Hernandez and David Fries. I mean, I believe now with the addition of AJ Pollock, which I didn't expect the Dodgers to get Pollock, but now with getting Pollock, I think Kike Hernandez will still be a guy that will be helped in ways that the Dodgers can get him in the lineup. But I think Kike Hernandez is going to do what he's going to be asked to do, whether if he's going to start at shortstop to give Corey Seager a rest, or if he's going to start in center field, if if Alex Verdugo needs a rest. I think Kike Hernandez is a good utility player, and Kike is going to be the super utility guy that I expect the Dodgers to, to be used as because Chris Taylor is more of a starting material. Kike is going to be a guy that's going to get plenty of at-bats this year for sure. Absolutely. You know, I could just see him, you know, just kind of just plugging in, you know, even probably pinch hitting at some points. But, you know, like you said as well, you know, just it's about just really shifting around that infield. I mean, the Dodgers have a really good infield as just, you know, we were just going through our starting lineup. But, you know, if if someone, you know, goes down or if someone, you know, is on the DL for for a long time, you know, Hernandez can be a a really good fill in for for whoever is going to be placed on the DL at certain points this season. Yeah, I look forward to Kiki having a great 2019 season, whether if it's a role that's pinch hitting or starting whoever. But Kike, I expect him to be used everywhere on the field in the 2019 season, like whether it's starting at second base, starting at shortstop, getting starts at third when Justin Turner needs a rest, getting to start in, in the outfield too against certain lefties. But I don't expect the Dodgers to use an all right-handed bat throughout the season because I didn't think that worked out in the uh, – World Series, I expect the Dodgers to use their best eight guys on a consistent basis throughout the 2019 season. Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you on that. And now my starting outfield group is in right field, who I think is going to be the next breakout rookie on the Dodgers is Alex Verdugo. In center field is A.J. Pollock. And in left field is Cody Bellinger. But from what I heard what Ken Rosenthal reported, A.J. Pollock is going to be the everyday center fielder for the Dodgers. Cody Bellinger will get most of his starts in left field this season, but will also get time in center field and in right field as well, and also at first base too for Cody Bellinger. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that as well, on, on my outfield tan, tandem as well. I really think, you know, just, you know, Pollock being that center fielder, you know, I mean, and then just really seeing how Verdugo is going to, um, really play for for the Dodgers this year. I'm excited to really see his his upside this year. You know, I mean, I've been hearing you know you talk about how good of a rookie he's probably gonna be this year, but you know, I'm excited to really see what what he can do on the plate as as well on the as well on the field if he can be almost an even better version of what Yasiel Puig was. I believe he can be, but also speaking of the rookies, I think who's gonna win the NL and AL Rookie of the Years before, like we talked about before. I think Vlad Guerrero Jr. will win it on the American League side unanimously, and I believe Fernando Tatis Jr. will win it on the National League side. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. And now, um, and my reserve outfielder is Jock Peterson, too. But I think Kike Hernandez will also be a reserve outfielder as well with Jock Peterson. Absolutely. And now let's break down my revised prediction of the opening day lineup for the Dodgers. And I have leading off and playing second base is Chris Taylor. Corey Seager bats second and plays short. Justin Turner hits third and plays third base. Max Muncy hits fourth and hits cleanup. A.J. Pollock hits fifth. Cody Bellinger hits sixth. Russell Martin beat 
Russell Martin bats seventh and does the catching with Alex Verdugo batting eighth and playing right field and then expect Clayton Kershaw to bat ninth and on the mound as I expect Clayton Kershaw to be the 2019 opening day starter when the Dodgers begin the 2019 season with a four-game series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Agree with you on 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 that with your your starting lineup as well. You know, I think uh um just all around through through that starting lineup. I mean, you're just gonna have just those guys playing the big things. You know, Turner and Seager are gonna be you know big bats for for you guys. Max Muncie, of course, being the cleanup hitter as as he is. I I really think as well. You know, um Pollock is gonna be an interesting um, thing in that lineup, not just on opening day, but it'll be interesting to see how the Dodgers just kind of shift him around as well as, as the outfielders. Like you said, you know, you just, you want to play the best eight players that, that you have. And if there's a certain player that's on a hot streak and you don't really want to move him out of the batting order, then just, you, I just wouldn't even adjust that, that order at all. Absolutely. And also, I want to get your take on this. Do you think the Dodgers will return to the World Series for a third year in a row and this time to win it? Because I think it's the third time is the charm. I'm in agreement as well. I I just, I really think, you know, just in the National League right now, there's just really nobody, you know, who, who in my opinion, just can really stay with the Dodgers for the full season. But, I mean, we've seen some unprecedented things happen in, in the National League postseason. But just the way the Dodgers have been over the last few years I just don't think anybody is is close to them I mean you know whoever comes out of the American League though I think is going to the pen as well I mean if it's Boston or if it's Houston again you know I just I really think the Dodgers could have some trouble but if it's somebody else then I think the Dodgers could could win um, the World Series this time and I have four potential World Series matchups that I want to see the Dodgers face in the 2019 Fall Classic but ultimately I'm going with one matchup that I want to see for the Dodgers as I expect to return to the Fall Classic for a third year in a row. But my four matchups I want to see the Dodgers face in the World Series this year is either a rematch with the Dodgers and Red Sox or a Dodgers-Yankees World Series, which I'm open to, a Dodgers-Indians World Series, or a rematch of the 2017 World Series when the Dodgers played the Astros. But my top two World Series matchups that I want to see in the fall classic is rematches with the dot with the Red Sox and Astros, because I feel like that those should be revenge world series. And if I had to choose one of the four, I'm going with Dodgers Red Sox again in the world series, because the Red Sox beat us in five games last year. Um, I didn't think it was a good world series for us last year. And I do believe the third time is the charm and to, to get revenge, you got to play that team again. And that's why I want a world series rematch, a Dodgers Red Sox world series for a second year in a row. Absolutely. I uh, absolutely. I really think, you know, the, I mean, when I saw how that extra inning game went, you know, I just remember saying, you know, man, I think the Dodgers could be right back in this, but they just, you know, they just didn't have enough to go on. But I think, you know, as well with the additions that, that they have acquired this off season as well. And knowing that I think their bullpen is going to be a lot better this year as well. I think that's just going to, really help them, you know, no matter who they will play in the World Series this year if they if they head back. Oh, absolutely. So we wanted to get to that for the Dodgers as we continue to preview that. We already touched on the opening day lineups, the 25-man rosters, 
the dumbest offseason moves for the Dodgers as well, and also predicting their potential World Series matchup as I expect them to return to the World Series for a third year in a row. But the bigger offseason moves for the Dodgers is obviously signing Pollock, keeping David Freeze, and also adding Joe Kelly to that bullpen. I think those were big moves for the Dodgers and also extending Clayton Kershaw for a foreseeable future. And I think this Dodger team is in good hands when I talk about their bigger offseason moves. But the big splash is the return of Corey Seager. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm, I'm really hoping for a great season for him and just, you know, the big other moves, like you said as well. You know, I think, I think extending Kershaw was, you know, a huge um, thing as well. And also with the addition of Kelly as well, you know, I mean, just, you know, just another great pitcher to add to already a loaded pitching staff you know I mean the Dodgers really capitalized I think on you know getting you know the guys that they lost to Cincinnati but they have made I think you know some some really good moves since since that deal yeah since that deal the Dodgers have been making good moves for them to return to the fall classic for third year in a row and um now with now we've addressed everything about the Dodgers. Now let's move on to the New York Mets in our 2019 All-30 MLB preview. And um, with the Mets, let's talk about first what went right for them last year and what went wrong for them last year. I think uh, the one thing that went wrong for, for the Mets last year was just I think they really uh, overused their bullpen a lot, you know, really early in the season. And I think that's just kind of really what led to them just really not having a strong unit for for most of the season but I think the one thing that did go right for the Mets at the end of the season especially is you know really just bringing up those young prospects and really just giving them a chance you know I'm really looking forward to seeing how McNeil is going to be doing how um, their outfield is going to be as well once Cespedes comes back as well I just I really think the Mets you know finished the season strong by getting those prospects time to play and now with spring training coming up you know I'm just I'm really looking forward to seeing how they've improved from the end of last season and hopefully they can carry that within to at least the first few months of of the 2019 season absolutely and also can you tell me with the Mets you guys obviously traded Jay Bruce which I think that was a very bad move what was the dumbest move for the New York Mets that they did this offseason? I, I, I'm in agreement with you on a Jay Bruce as well. I, my, I, I think my dumbest move, if I had to say for the Mets, though, was letting Wilmer Flores go as well. I, I really liked how he really came up, came through in the clutch a lot for, for the Mets. You know, I really felt like he could be almost like a back end of an infielder if they, if they kept him. But, you know, if, but they let him walk out the door. And I just – I did not really think I could – see the Mets doing that with, with all the clutch moments he had walking off and then also just being a pretty solid fielder. I, I would say, you know, probably Wilmer Flores and Jay Bruce were two pretty dumb moves by, by Mets management this offseason. And Wilmer, when Wilmer Flores is a member of the Arizona Diamondbacks now. Right. Mm-hmm. Is he? I think so. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And um, with the Mets, um, I think – I think I agree with that, but also the biggest offseason move for the Mets was getting Robbie Cano and also Edwin Diaz for your bullpen and also getting back Jaros Familia. I think this Mets bullpen is in good shape now. Absolutely. I, I really think, you know, just on that strong back end, like you, like you guys have on, on the Dodgers, you know, Edwin Diaz and Jerry's Familia are going to be really 
real are going to be really good for for the Mets. You know, I really kind of saw, saw like what Addison Reed was for the Mets for a few years, and then what Jerry's Familia did. So you know, having having that eighth inning guy and in Edwin Diaz to get to Familia, you you really just need your starters to at least go six seven innings, and then probably once you get into the eighth and ninth innings, you got two two pitchers that can really shut down um, any offense. Oh, for sure. I mean, that was the big move for the offseason and also getting Cano. But now with the Mets, let's move on to who I think will be on the 25-man roster for the New York Mets. So for the pitchers, starting rotation, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, Mats, and Vargas. And I see them going with a seven-man bullpen. Um, Jacob Ramey, former Dodger, will, and Phil Seawald will be the long relievers. Oswald, Smith, Bachelor, Lugo, Familia, and Diaz. That'll be the seven-man pen. And then for the 13 position players, I have Rama. I have I have starting at first base uh, is Todd Frazier. Then Robinson Cano goes will be the starting second baseman. Ahmed Rosario at short, and Jed Lowry at third, and then the reserves are Je- is Jeff McNeil, will be a res- and Dominic Smith because of his versatility. And then the starting outfield group will be Conforto, Lagaras, Nemo, and then Keon Broxton, and De- and Keon Broxton, and then another outfielder for the Mets will round out the 25-man roster. And I'm looking right now. I mean, Yoana Cespedes is going to start the year on the DL, and uh, Keon Broxton's key. But I mean. I could see TJ Rivera making the team as the fifth outfielder. Absolutely. You know, I, I really liked how he has been in on there. And, you know, I got very similar um, pitchers and um, starting pitchers as well as the infield. I, I'm, you almost have very similar lists to uh, to my thing as well. I, I might switch up the Mets infield a little bit on mine. I think Jed Lowry, though, is going to be, you know, a very good thir- third baseman. I could see, see that happening. I could see – um, probably though, probably though, him and Frazier kind of almost doing, um, just I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the word that, um, like the Dodgers used to, um, use a lot, just like really switching players when they, when they know for like either defensive purposes or hitting purposes there between Frazier and Lowry. But then I would probably just, um, go with McNeil at second, probably Cano at, first and then Rosario at, at shortstop for, for the Mets. And then Wilson Ramos will be the starting catcher with Travis Darnell as the backup. And then I think the formula to get Edwin Diaz will start from Gaselman to Lugo to Familia and to Edwin Diaz. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah. And now let's predict the opening day lineup for the New York Mets. And I like consistent lineups in all eight guys in the lineup. So, for the New York Mets, my opening day lineup for the New York Mets will be leading off and playing uh, right field is Brandon Nemo. Batting second is the uh, shortstop, Ahmed Rosario. Batting third is the left fielder, Michael Conforto. Batting fourth is the second baseman, Robinson Cano. Batting fifth is the first baseman, Todd Frazier. Batting sixth is the third baseman, Jed Lowry. Batting seventh, the catcher, Wilson Ramos. And batting eighth in center field, Juan Lagares. And batting ninth, 
And on the mound, your opening day starter, Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, we're 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 in agreement on the um starting pitcher there. My my, my starting lineup for the Mets here. I got Nimmo batting first, Rosario second, McNeil batting third. I got Robbie Cano batting fourth, Todd Frazier fifth, Conforto sixth, Darno seventh, and Lagaris in um, number eight. And um, I think the New York Mets are going to be a much better team than they were this year, and I know that they will begin the 2019 season with the Washington Nationals. Absolutely. That's not, that'll be a big series again against them. I remember watching um, the one early season series that the Mets played against Washington to start the season off last year. And, you know, just it's always big series between, between them two. But, you know, knowing that you're going to have DeGrom, Syndergaard, and then, you know, hopefully another, you know, great pitching performance, whoever's going to be that number three guy in the Mets starting pitching staff, you know, hopefully they can – maybe win two or go three out of four to open the season up. For sure. And um, now let's go on to other news around the league. Now that we did the all 30 MLB preview to begin, which is the first day of it. And then Alex next week for our all 30 MLB preview. When we talk like the, you got the schedule when we do the all 30 MLB preview for the 2019 season. So you got the, the schedule of it, right? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to double check with you to make sure before I continue to what I said, uh, next Friday, we will talk about and preview the San Francisco giants and San Diego Padres season previews next Friday for our all 30 MLB preview. As we get into the gear of the 2019 MLB season. Sounds good. So now let's go to all, let's talk about other news surrounding the league in in baseball so the question i think is already an obvious one is do you think bryce harper is going to wear a phillies uniform and i say he will yeah i'm in agreement with you on on this right now you know i just kind of just thinking you know conversations i'm hearing just how harper is just trying to decide which team is is best for him you know i just you know i'm really thinking that he's really starting to favor going to philadelphia instead of, you know, really heading back to Washington, you know, not just saying that's just going to be such a huge bat for, for Philadelphia and knowing how, how good those young prospects are already for Philadelphia, knowing how they just were just, were just on the outskirts of really kind of pushing, pushing it towards Atlanta for winning the NL East last year. I mean, they are going to really start, you know, having a threat threat against, um, Atlanta going for an NL East title. Watch out for the Phillies and Mets and the Nationals being a threat to Atlanta for that NL East title. And um, and I think Bryce Harper will end up wearing the Phillies uniform when the season be- when the 2019 season begins. And also, you talked about Manny Machado with me before wearing the Chicago White Sox uniform. I think it's 100% true that it's going to happen that Manny Machado will suit up in the Chicago White Sox uniform when the 2019 season begins. And I think he will sign a contract with the White Sox. Agreed. Absolutely. Just so that it could help the White Sox out. They got a good young core, and I think not necessarily they're ready to compete. I think he could just really help them get into that right direction, which I think the White Sox are ready for. Absolutely. You know, they they really need someone to build a, to build their organization around, and, you know, just really knowing that you really got this good free 
agent pickup here, you know, hopefully this will really help the White Sox, you know, get into at least an AL Central conversation at least over the next few years. Absolutely. And then um, and then um, when we do our final day of the All-30 MLB preview, Alex, then we'll break down five teams that you and I are very excited about heading into the 2019 season. Sounds good. And now let's talk about I know that the umpires could be annoying at times, and this is the hardest job on the planet. And let's break down the worst and best umpires in baseball right now. But for me, in the top three on my list is Marty Foster, Angel Hernandez, and Joe West as my top three worst umpires in baseball this year, heading into the 2019 season. And I don't get why both of them are still working, and both of them should retire already. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I haven't, re- I have really, you know, felt that Angel Hernandez is really starting to, you know, not show, I guess, as much baseball knowledge. I think, I don't know if it was this last year's playoffs or the playoffs before, but just, I think it was the one Yankees game that he was at first base and he just kept missing like these plays that just like had the out called, but then, you know, they would just reverse it to, the other direction it's it's just obvious calls that angel hernandez is, has missed and then joe west on on the other side you know i mean everyone's just kind of saying you know how he has a bad rap with the white Sox or whatever but i mean just you know it's it's inconsistency with all three of those umpires and really just they need to i guess either have better baseball knowledge or you know like you say they probably should retire and you know let these other guys, you know, take over. Yeah, I mean, Angel Hernandez is just a waste of time when he's umpiring. Joe West is just terrible and can't really stand his cockiness and 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 arrogance because Joe West is a big guy. I know he could show off those muscles. I know he's known to be Cowboy Joe, but Joe West, man, he just got to. It's time for him to retire. I really want. I really want to see him out. out, out. I just don't think he's a very good crew chief. Joe West is just not a good umpire, especially if you see him behind the plate. Agree. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, there, I mean, there's just some strike zones that some um, umpires have that are just like completely outside the zone. And you're going like, that's not a, that's not a ball. That's not a strike. It's like, what are they looking at there? And just, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's inconsistency and, you know, you know, there's just, there needs to be more, you know, consistent strike zones and consistent calls by either, you know, just really veteran umpires who know what they are doing or just really the young umpires who you know have really you know brought up through the system and just right now Angel Hernandez and Joe West have to be probably the two on the bottom of the totem pole yeah the worst umpire listen don't leave out C.B. Buckner too C.B. Buckner has a very arrogant personality and he's a guy that really uh has an attitude absolutely yes and Mm -hmm. then Phil Cuzzy, I know you've seen Phil Cuzzy in games. I also don't like him, too, because his strike zone's kind of big, and he's not good for hitters. And I saw Ben Zopas talk, yell at Phil Cuzzy that you need electronic strike zones. <laughs> well, well, that makes probably both of us there. Um, you know, I, if there's another umpire that, you know, I just, you know, it, it, was, it was like one call. I'm not sure, you know, about how – he has done though, but uh, Tom Howley and I remember um, just when he was with the Mets and Dodgers, the the, the one game I think like Syndergaard he threw behind Chase Utley and they tossed him out after after that 
pitch, and I was just going like, you don't throw a guy out for doing that. And it's just like, you know, Collins just got in his face and just he didn't even want to hear about it. So, I mean, just, you know, there's just some umpires that just have really quick fuses and they really don't want to uh, hear explanations from the players or, or managers. I mean, with Tom Hallion, what I like about Tom Hallion, I'm going to tell you, Tom Hallion is one of my favorite umpires in baseball right now because how he calls strike three, he calls it very enthusiastically, and he turns at 360-degree angles. <laughs> Don't you like seeing his, his his strike three call when you see Tom Hallion behind I the plate? I do. I, I, I do, absolutely. Isn't it yes. funny? Mm-hmm. It is. Very funny. But which umpire don't you not like? Is it Phil Kazi, other than Angel Hernandez and Joe West, which umpire don't you not like? It's, it's, it's probably, it's probably CB Bucknor, you know, and just, you know, just with, with him just, and, you know, it's, it's like I said, with all these umpires, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, they just have very quick fuses and they just, you know, do not really want to hear explanations or, you know, they just, you know, just want to feel free to just, tossed out and just you know like i like i've been saying you know i mean just you know there just needs to be you know better umpires that need to be more consistent about you know strike zones and really understand what what they are calling yeah and it's okay for a manager to get ejected from a game it's because it's so that the so that it doesn't cost the player to get out of the game because the manager could like take a rest go into the clubhouse and watch the rest of the game there instead of I have to, instead of arguing for that player, because sometimes the player would like to argue with the umpire, but sometimes the manager's like, no, don't get ejected. Let me handle it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you just push the player aside, say, saying, just go back to the dugout, you know, just get, just calm down a little bit. Let me handle it. If I'm the one ejected, at least I'm the one to go in the dugout. You stay in the game and try and help this team win. And um, so do you think, out of the umpiring group, do you think Tom Hallion is your favorite umpire? Yeah, 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 I agree. You know, I mean, that one, I mean, that one call against, you know, the Mets and Dodgers was, was unfortunate, but, you know, I, I, I would consider him, you know, probably one of my favorite umpires. I like him working behind the plate. Absolutely. Yeah. I I, I saw Mm -hmm. that video too, when he was, when he was mic'd up for that Noah Syndergaard thing and he was loud. He was. He was so loud, and he's very—he's an enthusiastic umpire. But man, if you get in his face, he's gonna get in your face. Tom Hallion is just like CB Buckner. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Do you think Phil Cuzzy's a good umpire? What? Well, what's your analysis on him? <laughs> I've seen plenty of games on Phil Cuzzy behind the plate, and he's—it's in the Dodgers' favor. But I also don't like Mark Wagner too. Mark Wagner's annoying. He's terrible. The, mm just doesn't know what a strike zone is when he's behind the plate. And uh, Alfonso Marquez is okay. I mean, I'm not really a fan of it, but, I mean, umpires have a very hard job, but at times we we are very – we criticize them a lot. But also, to end our MLB segment, what is your final thought on the MLB segment? Um, I just – I really think, uh, um, you know, back to um, talking about my um, Mets a little bit, you know, I'm just – I'm really excited to see um, their – young prospects this season and uh you know I'm, I'm really hoping that you know with that offseason um trade to Seattle getting Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz I just I really hope they you know can pay dividends for for the Mets this season and hopefully you know they can 
um, do a little bit better than they were last last year at 77 and 85. I think the Dodgers will be the best team in baseball. I'm looking forward to the addition of AJ Pollock. Even though the Do- I didn't expect the Dodgers to get him, I knew we see I seen him play before with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I know when he's healthy, I know what he can bring to any offense, Alex. But Alex, stay right here. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the NFL segment and what is exciting about the Super Bowl 53. So stay right where you are, and don't forget next week on the all 30 MLB preview on our episodes. We will be staying in the National League West and talking about the San Diego Padres and the San Francisco Giants. Sounds good.